Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. The following is a presentation of the Match Talk Podcast Network. It's time for the ODU Wrestling Monarch Matcast, a show dedicated to all things related to the Old Dominion Wrestling Program. On the web at monarchmatcast.com. Now, here's your host, three-time National Wrestling Writer and Broadcaster of the Year, and 2004 ODU alumnus, Jason Bryant. Another episode of the ODU Wrestling Monarch Matcast, episode 68, as we move into season six of this podcast, along with the uh, that team out in Blacksburg, ODU has been one of the flagship college teams here on the Matt Talk Podcast Network. Now we're bringing Daryl Thomas on to talk about things Old Dominion Wrestling. But first, Daryl, another year, another exciting way to, way to present the Monarch Wrestling news to the world with the ODU Monarch Matcast. Absolutely. Uh, we love we love having it. We love being a part of it. And it's always good to, to be able to share uh, an insight to our program um, through your platform. Now, I do have one question for you, though. Are you an avid podcast listener? Uh, yeah, I do. I do listen to a lot of podcasts on my way in. So I live out in Chesapeake, you know, about 20 minutes away from campus. So usually in the morning, I'm listening to a podcast and on the way home, I'm listening to a podcast. When it's not when we when we don't do a show and you're going back and making sure that Steve isn't saying things or laughing, just how about that evil cackle, man? That was just something that <laughs> that was like Halloween. I was playing that on repeat when kids were trick or treating. We had nobody because everybody ran away. They were so scared. But uh What's when you're not listening to this program because you're usually a guest on this program? What, what's what are your main podcasts of choice when you're coming in or leaving campus? If it's not this, or maybe um, listening to uh, First Take, I listen to a lot of First Take, ESPN First Take with Stephen A. Smith. I like listening to that. Um, I keep up with the alma mater, but uh, it's called the Jeremy Werner Show. So I keep up with all things there with all sports, you know, even especially wrestling, obviously, but also football and basketball. So um, those are a couple that I listen to. Yeah, those are not really on my radar since I believe there's, I think we're up to 66 wrestling shows and 20-something of them are on this network. So to try to just wow. keep up with wrestling alone, it's just like, okay, I'm going to have to hear about the Bill Farrell 15 times this week. That's going to be fun. <laughs> speaking, of, speaking of Bill Farrell, we had Coach Beasley wrestling up there this weekend. Yeah, yeah, it was good. To, he's good for him to get back on the mat and, and kind of get himself ready for the Open. He uh, won his first match and then lost to Kyle Snyder. In the in the second round, and then lo- dropped a tight five four match to Derek White, you know, former national finalist from Oklahoma State. Had a front headlock, and I thought he was going to end the match, and they stopped it. I was I was pretty 
I was pretty uh, shocked at that, but um, I thought he I thought he competed well. First time getting back on the mat in a while, and um, now he's looking moving forward and getting ready for the open. Yeah, just going after some some really big. I mean, Derek White was the, was a heavyweight. Now he's coming back down after his 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 years as cowboy bulk jobber now now over. Now moving to this year's <laughs> Monarch Wrestling Program, coming off the first dual meet of the year, a twenty two eleven loss at number nine NC State, but before that. Up at the Journeyman Collegiate Classic, which was a pool bracketed type of format, and a couple of monarchs came away with individual titles. But uh, as the way it works, you're getting six or seven guys in a, in a weight, and they'll wrestle a couple matches, and then the winners will face each other. And it's not like a full true bracketed tournament. What did you feel the squad got out of this tournament? Yeah, I think it was a good opportunity to see some some other Northeast teams and and some different teams in the pool. Pool format is definitely different. I mean, some of them are loaded, and then some of them have just a couple guys in them. Um, some of our freshmen, like uh, Shannon Hanna and Alex Kramer, both won the tournament. Um, they wrestled well. They were in some of the lower lower pools, but again, at the end of the day, you know you got to beat who's in front of you, and they and they did that. So credit to them. Perry ended up winning it as well at 41. Um, the, there was uh, two very tough brackets there at 41, and he was in the second of the two. We we tried to get him up into the into the other one, but um, they felt like it was. It was going to be too many, too many hammers in that in that top pool. So we were in the other one, and he uh, he looked pretty good, winning, beating a tough kid from Lehigh in pretty controlling fashion, three to two, if, if you can, if you will, and then uh, uh, dominated his finals match against uh, Lapari. Now, when we look at freshmen, true freshmen specifically, talk about Shannon Han and Alex Kramer. When you get them in the lineup and you get them get them some matches in the early going, how is it? How important is it from a coach to not just you know? It's not like you're putting putting them in easier situations, but getting an opportunity to get get wins under their belt and build some confidence. So uh, an event like this really kind of works for that. Yeah, it's gigantic. I mean, they could have gone to an open that weekend, um, but but just knowing where they are and in terms of our team and our team needs, you know, in the lineup, it just made sense to to get them that experience. And and and, and again, experience is invaluable. And uh, for them to get that, regardless win, lose or draw, um, you're you're getting better and you're learning. Heading into Friday, the next event was at number nine NC State, and this is something that has become one of the weirdest dynamics, at least from where I sit, having known Coach Papalizio a long time, and th- their show was on the network here, and having known Steve Martin since I was in high school. It's like how how these two get along is just one of the craziest things with the off season training and workouts with the regional training centers, and then the dynamic of how how hard these two dual meets. Are, I mean, these dual meets are year in year out. It's like, okay, why is why is ODU constantly giving NC State fits? This year was no exception. You said before the show that's that was a that was a duel that uh, that was very winnable. Yeah, I, I mean, I just think, uh, like you said, there's a friendly there's a friendly piece to it, and then the the, two, the duel is always very tight. Um, I think it's just a respect uh, to, to both programs, and we understand um, that ultimately the duel is going to help us help both programs um, for the end of the year. Um, it's a good rivalry. That it was a phenomenal atmosphere, and uh, I really felt like we were in position after the first four matches um, to win. And unfortunately, um, things didn't go our way on the back half. Um, losing some tight ones and losing an unexpected one there at 97 um, with Tim Young, but um, you know, for him it was a it was a situation where uh, we're proud of him for for stepping out there. He, he came in Thursday before we left and was sweating bullets in the office and 
you know, had the flu. So he just got, got on some meds and tried to try to get as good as he could to go. And, um, we, we appreciate his effort. Um, and just, unfortunately he, he wasn't there. He wasn't who we think he is. Um, but we know what he's capable of. And he's shown early on in the season already losing some tight matches to top 10 guys, um, that he's right there and, and could very well easily be an all, an all American this year in a senior year. Yeah. But I think, uh, it was very good for our, for our program. I think from a coach's standpoint, um, you watch it and see how it unfolds regardless of the box score. Um, if you're in it, you understand how good of a team we think we have and what we can be this year. And we have a senior laden team and, uh, now it's just up to those guys, um, how, how good we want to be. And they got to hold each other accountable and we got to stay healthy. Looking at where the duel started, started at 149 pounds, and Keenan Carter got the go and avenged the loss from earlier this season. He had lost to A.J. Lighton at the Citadel Tournament and, and comes around with a solid victory to kick things off at 149. Is is this something that just clicked this week with, with Keenan, or is it just that battle in the room with Kevin Budak? I mean, what do you think the, the difference was from this week to two weeks ago when he lost to him at the, at the Citadel? I think it's probably a combination of things. Um, I think for Keenan, for some reason, he wrestles better in a duel, and I think um, he cares about the guys that are sitting on the bench with him. And I think that those he's able to get up for the duel meets um, a little bit differently, which he's going to have to fix um, here if he wants to have some success uh at the end of the year and, and get to the national tournament and do something in a senior season. But, um, for some reason in a dual meet, he's just, he's just much better. He's just much better. And, uh, like I said, being a senior team captain, I think he puts that on his shoulders and tries to go and rally the guys the best he can every time out. 157 pounds. This was everything. I think everybody, people expected it to be after, uh, Larry early picked up the victory last year over Hayden Heidley. And now this year, both returning all Americans, both ranked in the top four in the country. This just looked like it was it was an NCAA semi, knowing it was down to the wire. It was a late takedown that won it. And even though uh, Larry came up on the losing end, what were you most pleased about from his performance? I think it was one of those things. Again, you talked about a friendly rivalry. And I was talking to uh, you know some guys I know on the other side in the RTC program, and you know they're like, "Hayden's ready to go. You know he's he's gonna he's he's coming for blood. You know major this and that." And uh, it was it was friendly though. We, we all get along, but um, I think it was just good for Larry to be right there and have an opportunity to win um, for his confidence more than anything, knowing that it wasn't a fluke last year, and knowing that that's you know if everything goes right, which you know, there's a lot of things in between, but everything everything goes right. That's a semifinal match that he knows in his head he's going to be right there to win and give himself a chance to be in the NCAA Finals. What's it going to take for him to win that match? You know, he's been close. He's been close. I mean, it's a dual meet in November. It's it's not a semi in, in, in March. What's it going to take for him to make sure that he's in a position to win those matches? Well, he's got to go get it. He can't wait and try to look for a counter. He's got to go, go get the takedown at the end of the match. You know what I mean? He's got to go steal it. He's got to go take it and, and put it in his own hands and not hope for something to happen. 165, a big win for Shane Jones, who was just a point away from picking off the upset last year. This year gets the win over Thomas Bullard and throughout the situations uh, kept scrambling well with him. Bullard's a funky guy, but uh, this is kind of a statement win for a guy that's been, again, Shane Jones wrestled Shane Griffith really tough from Stanford, who's you know coming out with the, he had the big fall against Ohio State two weeks ago. He's like one of the buzz, buzz freshmen this year, and Shane Jones sitting there hanging with him. His three losses this year are, are tight, one pointers, and then you had the one with Josh Shields. But this is a this is a statement win. What was it like for Shane coming off the bench and, and getting this top ten victory? And you know, you know, for a lot of people, it, it wasn't surprising to you guys, but for you know a lot of the country, that that put people go, who is this guy? Yeah, it was. Uh, we're all just so so happy for Shane, and it's just a long time coming to finally 
get over the hump and get one. Um, like you said, Griffith, he's right there. And it's not like one of those 3-2 matches against Griffith where, you know, it, it looks close, but it really wasn't that close. He literally was in on legs uh, with the opportunities to win that match and probably should have. Um, and then Shields, you know, Shields controlled him a little bit, but he, he was right there with him. Um, and then the breakthrough and get one over a top 10 guy. Uh, we're just super excited for Shane and, and, the, and the rest of his year ahead because he's got a lot of room to grow and continue to, to uh, announce who he is as a wrestler and, and, and uh, continue to have some success this year. And, you know, who knows what happens at the end of the year, but he, the way he's wrestling right now, um, he, he's, he's looking like he can do some special things this year. Moving to 174, Alex Kramer gets the nod as the true freshman, knocking off Jacob Ferreira, who had actually beaten the other Bullard out for the spot in the wrestle-off. And 10-4, to 4, I mean, that's, uh, you know, you're, you're approaching bonus victory situation, a first dual meet for a true freshman. I mean, you know, Steve Martin had talked earlier in the in the year that uh, Kramer kind of surprised him in the wrestle-off after, after you know, what was, what was wondering what we was going to do in the room the first month of practice. But, uh, you know, what, what about the development in the first month of the season for Alex Kramer? Yeah, he just he just a different he's a different animal in competition when the lights come on, and uh, you literally see a, a, a switch flip, um, and it's crazy because you say that you tell kids all the time, look, you can't flip a switch, you have to be consistent, you know, you have to keep you know staying stay even keel, don't get too high, don't get too low, um, but he just has a, a special trait and characteristic uh, where he just gets up when it's time to compete, and uh, he's he's special. He's gonna be he's gonna be a special. Um, kid for this program and I think you know him being here has helped everybody around him and, and you see Shane Jones finally getting those big wins it's a you know it's a testament to having a guy like a Kramer and a guy behind him like a Kellen Eckern who um, is definitely coming on now um, so it, it's uh, he, he's special and I think the one knock I would put on him in that match is um, go get the bonus points go get the bonus points you had a whole period an opportunity to go get those bonus points and, and score another takedown and secure that for your team. Um, and that's just the next step in his development is uh, really smelling blood and, and going after it. Trent Hadley came out there at 184 and uh, put a major decision on Antonio Agee. Antonio wrestled at the Open two days later. And uh, what's the situation there in terms of, I mean, Hadley's a very talented redshirt freshman. Of course, Antonio coming off the injuries last year. Uh, one, what, what was your pro- you know overall thoughts on, on the dual meet performance? And then uh, what was the situation on Saturday with the Wolfpack Open? Yeah, the dual meet, uh, Hydley's very good. He's very good. I think we thought that on paper going in. Um, and he just kind of controlled the center of the map very well for a freshman. Um, uh, very, very veteran like. And, uh, you know, AG just never, he never, uh, took that position back on the mat and, and it, and it showed in the box score. Um, and then AG, he didn't know he was going to be wrestling on Sunday. It was kind of a, a, uh, split second decision after the dual meet to leave him down with the team with the guys that were competing Sunday um, just from the standpoint of uh, we understand what what you have to do to get to the national tournament and uh, wins and your record is important um, so uh, we wrestled him in the Wolfpack on Sunday and uh, just wanted to more than anything he, he had a little just a little tweak and uh, wanted to make sure we got him um, you know some time to get healthy before next week for the Navy Classic. Um, so it was a little more precautionary than anything, um, but he's getting the proper treatment and, and he'll be ready to go next week. Yeah, so get a couple wins. It's an open. It's not like it's it's a, a huge deal for a tournament title or anything. So get get some wins and, and peace out. Yep. Now at 197 pounds, you had alluded to this earlier with Tim Young, who was who had three first period takedowns and then uh, got beat by Tyree Houghton from NC State, got cradle up and pinned, and that was a real match-turning momentum situation there as, as ODU had won three of the first four, and then you know coming off the loss with AG with the major, giving up another bonus point. 
Uh, the mood is a coach here. I mean, you explained what, what the situation was with Tim Young, but from a, a coaching standpoint, what is the moment like for you guys to, to, to make sure you look at the bench and you gauge the temperature, I guess, of, of the emotion on the bench? What do you do in that moment to kind of make sure you can try to keep the guys up and know that, okay, that didn't change everything. Let's, let's, let's stay motivated here. Yeah, I think it's, it's, it's all for, as a coach, it's always one match at a time, but you know, in that environment, he get, he gets that pin as uh you know I think Tim was heavily favored, and the whole place goes nuts. The, our whole bench is going crazy, um, and then immediately for us as a coach, it's go get the next guy ready. You know, get the next guy ready, and Coach Bice is in the back getting getting Hilliard ready the whole time, and um and then you know I just walk back and tell him, hey, focus on you, worry about you, and do your job. You know, and, and go out there and let's get the momentum back. You know, it's, it's it's definitely all about momentum and dual meets, and 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 when it's not going your way, you need somebody to stop the bleeding. And you know, obviously Hilliard uh, lost a tight one, but Killian, you know, Cardinal stepped up and and got a big one and got that momentum back to us and gave us a chance again in the dual meet. And as far as Hilliard goes, what's he got to do to win these close matches? Because heavyweights are so often, you know, one takedown, one mistake, or or one great opportunity is really all you get to capitalize on and. Uh, three one is is one of those like you look at the box where you yep yep that's a that's a one takedown match. Yeah, I think a little bit for Hilliard is just he's he's just fighting the injury bug, you know, and he's got a, you know, so f- unfortunately for him, he's 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 uh he's having to worry about rehabbing and and staying healthy and getting on the mat more than getting better, um, you know, like he like he, like he wants to be right now, you know, as far as t- technical and things like that. So. Um, for him, it's once his body's healthy and he can actually focus on just getting better. Um, I think you'll see him him uh, change the direction of where he's going right now. Um, so that's the big thing for him, I believe. Now we come back around to 125. You had already kind of alluded to this. Killing Cardinal with a big win, his second-ranked win of the year. He's already got a win over Brock Hudkins, who um, Mr. McGee knows pretty well from his time at Northern Illinois. Brock Hudkins now at Indiana and now Jake Camacho came in with some pretty high accolades as a redshirt freshman, ranked as high as 13th in the country, six five win. And right now, I mean, the questions: uh, when when's Mikhail McGee going to come back? But also, Killing Cardinal is is sta- standing there and holding that spot down pretty 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 solidly. Yeah, Killian's uh, he's wrestling amazing right now, and he's wrestling within within himself. Um, he's not worried about who he's wrestling; he's worried about his performance and you know getting to his positions and and continuing to wrestle through every position regardless if he's getting taken down and you know or or whatever he's just scoring the next point um and that's such a great thing to see as a coach because you know he's never going to be out of a match and right now it's allowing him to win and and beat some pretty highly touted guys like you said Camacho was you know all world coming out of high school and they got some high praise for him and um he's going to beat a lot of people and so that's going to be a, a gigantic win for Killian at the end of the year so, like I said, he took the momentum back for us. That was huge, and, and going into two matches to go, and I think it was sixteen to twelve, and you know, um, gave us an opportunity again when things weren't going our way, uh, just shortly before that. So, as far as McGee, he's uh, he's getting healthy. Um, I think he's probably uh, probably about a, about a month away from 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 being back. Um, but again, you know, nothing's handed to you, and and now those guys are going to have to battle, and you know, may the best man win, and that's what you need. Our pro program we're at the point now where having that depth is important to take the next step as a program and the best programs have it the best programs have it you see it every year where guys are you know 
you know, this guy's beating this guy, this guy's beating this guy. And then, you know, if it comes down to it, they'll have to wrestle off at the end of the year. Um, so be it. But that's what we need to make the next step as a program and try to break through into the top 15 and 10 every year. 133, Shannon Hanna winning most of that match and then gets taken down to his back late uh, against Kellen Devlin, who's been battling for the spot there at NC State. And, the, you know, what do you, what do you chalk this one up to? Fresh mistake, first dual jitters. I mean, it looked like he was wrestling that match pretty well throughout. Yeah, he wrestled uh, wrestled a great match for six minutes. Wrestled a great match for six minutes in probably twenty seconds. Um, just kind of, we knew that we knew where Devlin was good, and he hadn't got there the whole match. And I think it was a situation where he was maybe a little bit of freshman. Yeah, being a freshman there and the, and trying to finish out the match and close it out against a guy who's a junior and uh, has been there and been in those matches before and. and knew to just keep wrestling and go to the next situation like I talked about with Killian. Um so um he's 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 right there. He's a very talented freshman and uh he's just kind of taking his his growing pains right now, but I think uh more than anything for him this experience is gigantic because he's still young in the sport. He started wrestling in uh, freshman year of high school. Um so Every day, every match is a learning experience, and it only adds to his growth. And I think by the end of the year, he can be very, very scary. He's a guy that you probably don't want to wrestle. Yeah, Coach Martin had said that he would not be surprised if if Shannon Hanna was the starter at this point, at some point in the season, and already it's this point in the season. What's kind of made him emerge as the guy in the room? Well, he has some things that I won't say on there <laughs> <laughs> that uh, that make him pretty tough to wrestle, and I'm sure people will figure that out as they go along. But um, he's got some things that make him pretty pretty tough to wrestle um and he's just he's tough he's tough mentally um he's, he's fought through a couple of things in the preseason and to be where he's at and did a, done a great job with his weight very uh veteran like and controlled his weight very well um and right now he just was the best guy he was the best guy collectively from all aspects on the mat off the mat and uh you know weight management and those things so it just made sense to to get him the experience now while uh, like I said, he's so young and green in the sport that every match he's getting better. So he's going to be scary at the end. Finish out with probably the second highlight match of the duel. Tariq Wilson edges Sidarian Perry 3-2 in a matchup of All-Americans. Again, this is a this is a, a national quality you know matchup. This is a blood round type of match. This is a, a quarterfinal type of match. This is something that you know, you're going to have to beat somebody like this to get back on that podium if you're Sidarian Perry. And a uh, little you know, emotions kind of there at the end. We, we lose the team point. but overall, where does where does Sedaria need to improve to, to win this match? I know that there was a, a challenge takedown early in the bout that um you guys were, were not, you know, really too too pleased with, but uh, explain the situation here and what needs to happen again for guys like Sedaria and Perry to win matches like this. Yeah, I think he's right there. I think it's just uh being more offensive, like I talked about with uh Larry. Um it's just it's not waiting, you know, he's very good defensively. Um but it's also like pick your pressure up pick your pressure up to, to force this guy to, you know, to open up a little bit so that you can, you can get to where you want to be. Um, so I figured they would neutralize each other just because they have a, a little bit of a similar style. And then once they felt each other, it was going to be not a staring match because there was a lot of action. They both went after it, but it was kind of, they're both very good. And, and it's so razor thin at the, at the elite level um, that, that sometimes what, that sometimes what happens is a one or one or one situation type of type of match could change everything. So, um, but I do think for Sedarian, the biggest thing for him is, uh, is, is getting, getting things in order, uh, outside of wrestling. Once he gets all those things in order, he'll, he, I think the wrestling will take care of itself. Um, he can beat anybody in the country. I truly believe that, um, it's just making sure that he's got, a, his, he's got his whole, the total package 
you know, in order when it all matters. Next event for the Monarchs, November 23rd, up in Annapolis at the Navy Classic, followed by a week off for Thanksgiving, and then the Patriot Open at George Mason. So as the semester's winding down, we've got exams approaching typically the first week of December. Uh, overall thoughts on where the Monarchs are after two open tournaments and a dual meet, or well, three open tournaments and a dual meet. Now, we, like I said, we head down to Navy Classic this week. We're actually figuring all out, figuring that all out right now, who's all going to go and you know who we're going to uh, leave behind the train. Um, so we probably will not have our full team, um, but we'll have a, a good amount, good amount of it. And we'll get some of those, uh, some of those younger guys and, and other guys in the weight classes, some opportunities again, um, to go out and kind of, kind of state their case. So in case anybody's looking to head up to the Naval Academy teams in attendance, Air Force, American Brown, Bucknell, Campbell, Cleveland State, Edinburgh, George Mason, Kent State, Lock Haven, Michigan State, Navy, Ohio ODU, Oregon State, Rutgers, the Citadel, Virginia Tech. That's a that's a pretty impressive class for the Navy Classic this year. It's been you know three, four really good teams, and then teams that had uh, pretty pretty good uh, wrestlers throughout. But this is a, a much more deeper tournament than it's been in the past years. Yeah, yeah. I was looking at it uh, this morning and a little bit last week. I was like, man, there's going to be you know four or five guys at every weight class that that is going to make for some really good quarter semis and finals matches. Um, so it'll be a good tournament, good test for some of our guys again to kind of finish off, like, like you said, a busy no busy November, and then we kind of have a little bit of downtime. We'll have some guys go to the George Mason Open December seventh, uh, but not very many, and then uh, and then we'll head to SIUE on December eighteenth um, for that for the dual meet. So um, busy November, slow down a little bit in, in December, um, heal up any, any injuries and, and get some opportunities to really train and, um, try to push through and get to another level. A couple of things that are newsworthy in the Mac. Of course, uh, most people know I live out here in Minnesota and one of the new members of the Mac, one of the old CAA rivals, Ryder picked up a big win at Minnesota, knocking off, uh, then the number six Gophers Ryder currently ranked fourth in the conference. It's Missouri, Old Dominion, Lockhaven, and Ryder. Top four, and when the fourth-ranked team in the MAC knocks off a Big Ten school in their place, this just shows that how good the MAC's going to be this year. Yeah, and I think uh, there were some questions as to you know how how many bids would come in with the EWL, and we we figured right from the get go, we're like, man, they're going to bring they're going to bring a lot of bids, you know, equal to what the MAC brought, you know. So it's going to be it's good for the conference, really good for the conference, and uh, you know, you know, we continue to build that. I think. The programs kind of feed off each other and seeing how, you know, how everybody's recruiting um, is getting competitive. It's getting competitive, and that's good for the conference for sure. Also of note, uh, one of the new teams that came in from the EWO, Edinburgh, you know, Matt Hill in his second year there, already got five dual meet wins this year. Matter of fact, they started the year with more dual wins in one day than they had the entire season last year. So the Fighting Scots are going to be more formidable. And uh, it, it seems like the MAC East is really going to be a dogfight this year. Yeah, yeah, it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be a fight for sure because I know I just seen uh, George Mason knocked off uh, Clarion as well, and Clarion's um, got a solid squad this year too. So uh, it'll be fun. It'll be fun on the back half of our schedule going through that MAC East. All right, Daryl Thomas, in the time we got left, any anything to add that Monarch Nation needs to be aware of when it comes to this wrestling program? Yeah, we just had a signing day. We're just waiting on uh, one more letter of intent to come in, pretty big one, and then we'll uh, announce the whole class as a whole. I'm sure they've seen. Uh, everything coming out, but we we believe it's probably a top twelve to fifteen recruiting class in our eyes. 
Um, so we're excited about that, being able to put another one together. Um, and anytime you start to stack recruiting classes on top of having the, you know, a little bit of the success we're having right now, um, it's a good thing, and it's, we're definitely moving in the right direction. We'll talk signing day on the next episode of the Monarch Madcast. So for Associate Head Coach Daryl Thomas, this is Jason Bryant. You've been listening to Episode 68 of the Old Dominion Wrestling Monarch Madcast. This show is part of the Matt Talk Podcast Network. For more wrestling podcasts, head over to matttalkonline.com.